Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. The man who is revolutionizing live music and the band who may revolutionize rock music. It's all here today on Music Friday Live. Don't go away. From Los Angeles, California, the music capital of America, it's Music Friday Live, brought to you by Solar City, your source of clean, sustainable energy. I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan. Don't forget, this is your show. These musicians are here to talk with you. You can call in 347-215-7511, or you can email us at musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Now, in addition to our headliner guest today, we have a surprise visit from an old friend, Valerie Ponzio. Valerie, are you with us? I am here. Hello. Hi, it's so good to hear your voice. You know, the last time I saw you live, it was just you with your guitar and that golden voice of yours. But now uh-huh. I see you're, you're part of a band called the Southern Line. Tell us about the Southern Line. Yeah, we're a country Americana lineup, and um, it's a little different than what I've been doing. Um, I focus more on my my Texas country roots, and it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot more a lot more energy and and jamming and and touching back to my Texas roots. Well, since we both have Texas roots, I applaud that. (laughs) Right. And (laughs) I I know you're, I know you're from El Paso, which is uh, Mm -hmm. getting to be quite a music town. Have have you, you, you've got uh, tour dates coming up, including El Paso, don't you? Yes. Yes. We're going to go through um, Arizona and do a barbecue festival, Texas barbecue festival in um, El Paso. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. Oh, you're making me want to go back to to, to El Paso for a few days. Right. Oh man, I know oh, that barbecue. Okay. You can't you yeah. can't really get it out here in LA. No, you, no. Well, I can do it at home, but no, you're right. You can't do it. You can't get it out here. Uh, so, um, yeah. Does this does this mean you now have a fan base in in the Southwest in addition to your fan base here in California? Yeah, actually, um, we have a lot of a lot of fans out of the Southwest. Um, I've always kind of kept in contact, but I feel like, especially more doing this Val in the Southern Line, um, you know, band, it's just a lot of people are so supportive, and, and we know that every time we go back there, there's just going to be a lot of people um, excited to excited to hear us. So I'm really grateful that, that they've been in touch and in contact, even even though I've been kind of all over the place. Okay, well, uh, where can oh? Before I ask you that, um, I hear rumors that you're trying to cook up some new music. Is there a new CD or EP in the offing? Yes, we have a new EP coming out uh, in uh, probably in the next two weeks. We can't give a definite date yet, but very soon it's it's done. We're just kind of finishing, you know, getting the final touches, and uh, we're really excited. You can go to the website, and we'll keep everyone posted about the exact date, but. Um, the digital release, we are going to be selling it on this little tour coming up, um, actual physical copies, copies but the digi- digital releases um, will be soon. Okay. Well, since you mentioned your website, why don't you tell people what your website is and where they can go to get your music and also your tour dates? Okay. Okay. The website is valandthesouthernline.com. And uh, tour dates, October 8th, we're going to be in Scottsdale at the Rogue Bar. 
And October 10th, we're going to be at Freedom Crossing in El Paso, Texas. And October 16th, we're going to be at Janie's Cave Creek in Cave Creek, Arizona. Yay. Okay. Well, I want to, I know you got to run, but I want to thank you so much for just popping in and letting us know. Thank you um, so much. And, and don't and I want to make sure that my uh, my audience knows that they can that your name is spelled with an E R, not an A R. So when they look you up, they get the right place. Right. Okay. And luckily with the uh, website, it's just Val, so it's just they don't have to worry about E's and 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 A's. Okay. <laughs> just Val on the Southern Line for the website. Well, w- when the new e- when the new album's ready, um, shoot me an email or or um, uh, a text or something. Let me know. We'll arrange to have you back on the show, and we can play little pieces of it and make sure that everybody knows about it. Okay. Awesome. Thanks so much, Patrick. Thank you so much. I'd love to see you live, and I'm looking forward to you coming back to California so I can do that. That's Valerie Ponzo. So Check out her, uh, her, her new album, her, her tour dates, and uh, we're going to have her back on when she's got some, some new music for us. Now, we have to take a break right now, but when we come back, we're going to be talking to Rafe Offer, who's the founder of So Far Sounds. Don't go away. You're going to love this. Our troops aren't the only ones fighting right now. Thousands of military families are in crisis. They're fighting financial battles, how to pay the bills, even how to keep their homes and feed their children. You can help by supporting Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit that provides emergency assistance for military families and for wounded warriors when they come home. To learn more about how you can help, go to OperationHomefront.net. Welcome back. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, host of Music Friday Live, and I want to welcome all of our listeners on the CyberStationUSA.com network and their radio affiliates, especially the radio affiliate that up in Washington that just built a, a big new tower so we can be heard all over the place. If you have questions or comments for our guest, you can call in. You know, if you're sitting there with your headphones on and you're not really paying attention to that PowerPoint on the screen, but your boss is over there so you can't make a phone call, go ahead. You can email us, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. If you can't make a phone call, 347-215-7511. And if you're listening to Music Friday Live on a podcast, and I know about half of you are, you can still email questions to our guest. We will forward them on to our guest, and they can answer you. And let us know if you want to take your uh, your email address off so you don't wind up on a mailing list. But, you know, I, I suspect you probably would like to be on uh, a mailing list. Well, my first So Far L.A. concert was held at home in the San Gabriel Valley area of Los Angeles. Now, I didn't know what to expect, but since I'd I'd produced house concerts for five years in Marin County, I expected to hear, you know, one or two kind of acoustic folksy duos or trios. They're playing up on, you know, in the front of a living room. They got a primitive sound system or maybe no sound system at all. And it's a room full of middle-aged people sitting in folding chairs and sipping wine. That's not what happened. It was much, much better. There were three bands, plenty of electronics, a fabulous sound system, no chairs, no wine, but there was a laser-like focus on the music. I loved it. I also loved the fact that this happens multiple times a week in over 100 cities around the world, and it all started in a London living room because a man who loved music wanted to hear it without the noise and distractions and the expense and the hassle of bars and clubs and big venues. That man is Rafe Offer, the creator of So Far Sounds, the global house concert organization, and he is here today calling in from London to talk to us at Music Friday Live. Rafe, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for So Far Sounds. <laughs> My pleasure, Patrick. It's uh, it's lovely to be here. Thank well, you. Rafe, I know you've been asked this a thousand times, but I want to make sure my audience walks away with a clear idea of So Far Sounds. What is So Far Sounds? Is it a business? Is it a record label? Is it a nonprofit? Is it a movement? Can you describe it for us? I think the best word is movement because it started as a hobby with no interest in anything else but trying to, in our own small way, make a difference in the way music music experience happens. And that then blossomed into something I'd have to characterize as a movement because more people than just myself and the other two guys who I started it with thought it was a good idea. So it's a movement. It's mainly volunteer-led. There are a couple of us who are more than that because it just got so busy we had to spend a bit more time on it. 
but it's connecting people for things that maybe we'll get into as to why we started it. Well, you and, and Passionate Dave and Rocky Start started So Far Sounds in your living room to create an experience that respected the music, where you and your friends could hear music without distraction. When and how did you realize that this was much, much bigger than a few living rooms in London? So we had been going in those few living rooms for about a year, and two things happened. One, I just called a few friends in other cities and said, hey, we've been doing this little thing in London. Do you think people in the first other cities after that were New York and Paris? Do you think people in those cities would be frustrated like we were with the, the usual gig experience, especially with new music that you started to describe about the talking and texting and the clang of the bar? And they said, yeah, let's try it. And it worked. And then the fourth city was Los Angeles. And that was really exciting because somebody named Casey, who at the time was working for K-Rock, happened to see a really basic video that we did of one of our first concerts and said, wow, that was quiet. It was interesting. Do you think this would work? And can I start it in Los Angeles? And she then teamed up with a couple of other people there. And a number of people in L.A. have now made it an amazing thing. So it was all about the internet. What what's the model for for growing so far sounds? Is it a franchise? Is it a license? Do people just do it and you bless them? Um, how, how does this work? So it's a it's a heavily volunteer led network of people who just say, "Hey, I'd like to support the music in my city through." I'd call it intimate gigs. Most of them are in living rooms, but not all of them. And it's usually three to five people. Anyone wants to get involved. We have a global network. So I think that's what appeals to a lot of the musicians who play. They get heard outside of the living room they play in once it's recorded. And it's usually just, you know, a couple of people who suggest music in their city, put together these events at whatever frequency is right for their city and for, for them. Well, as preparation for this interview, uh, I did uh, video interviews with some of your volunteers and your staff. Uh, oh, my. <laughs> yeah, cool. You know, I, I love what you do. I wanted to find out as much about it as I could. And your, and your people here in, in L.A. are the best. I mean, I just love those people. And every one of them told me that so far sounds had changed their life. Now, I don't know if you anticipated that at all, that you would change people's lives beyond just giving them music. No way. That sort of blows me away that people would say that. And soon after it started in L.A., it was, uh, Carla and Monina and Jamie and Robin and, and other more people than I can name on this show got involved in L.A. and beyond and for me, it was just simply making music a little bit better. And I, I, I don't know how to respond. I'm, I'm a bit humbled by, the, by that comment. <laughs> I, <laughs> All right, well, so I didn't mean to embarrass you there, but that was the one thing that popped out and one of the things that popped out in my interviews with them. Um, now, So Far Sounds is in over 180 cities in uh, many countries. I don't know how many, you know how many countries uh, you're in? 65. 65, okay, a little United Nations of, of music there. But I, I've lived in or worked in 50 countries, so I know that different wow. countries have different musical traditions. They have different religious views of music. They have different legal and cultural restrictions and rules. How do you deal with this? Is so far a way in some countries for people to get forbidden music? Yeah, it's, it's actually quite difficult. I remember our first gig in, in Cairo, it was during very difficult time there and people later told me that the team saw this as a chance to get away from what was going on in that country and while they were starting the show there was a blackout and it was because of uh, a terrorist attack not far from where they were and they just said we're going to keep going and they went to the roof uh, where they could play by the moonlight and just kept going and finished the concert. Wow. And yeah, it's just incredible. And, and even I mean, if, I don't know if you remember, there were riots in, in London 
on a night we were going to have them a number of years ago and we kept going and actually found a way to stream it and make it live and just say the music must continue. Uh, and so for some people, it's a chance to, to connect with the world when it's difficult for them to. And, and, and yes, there are regulations and sometimes things that we have to, to deal with. But overall, for me, the, the thing that, to use the point you said before about changing someone's life, it's a global community, and we've all made a lot of new friends. That's one of the things that uh, was pointed out to me, is that, that, is that the community that builds around uh, So Far series in, in any cities. Now, um, one of the volunteers told me that in L.A., it's been a little bit of a tough sell because there's so much going on here. And, and you yourself have said that, that when you visited L.A., it was somewhat over- overwhelming. Is that true in every city? Does it take a while for so far to catch on in every city? It's very different by city, and you can have a sort of a generalization and a segmentation. In cities where a house concert is a totally new thing, it goes very, very quickly. So two examples, Istanbul and St. Petersburg, Russia. So in Istanbul, people look at it as a, as a real viable way to launch new acts because it was so unusual. And uh, again, the politic, political situation in that country has gotten pretty interesting and intense lately, and that has just magnified why so far matters there, because it's one of the few routes to share your music. And we had one act who was totally unknown and then played, and because of the community got nearly a a million hits on YouTube, uh, which was insane for someone who was unknown, you know, the week, week or so before, and eventually helped their career. So that's one type of profile. I'd say then there are the creative cities, L.A. being one, and then some of the smaller ones like Seattle, Portland, Berlin, where it actually is harder because there's a lot of cool stuff going on uh, from amazing people, and it's just hard for any new idea. Um, And then you have sort of large cities that have great music scenes but may not be as wildly creative as some of the ones I mentioned, like Dallas or Chicago or uh, cities in the U.K. outside of London. I'm going to get hate mail, you know, from Dallas and Chicago now. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that as I said it. I was thinking that. But, right, but, to, right. but to be fair, I'm from Chicago and I love Chicago. And, and uh, it has I'd be happy. great blues tradition, too. <laughs> well, this is the thing. This is the thing. Tradition is the word. So there are cities where new music becomes the thing. So people do go to L.A. or to Brooklyn or to some of the cities I mentioned because new music gets more support there. Whereas classical music or blues or what have you certain other types of music may have more of a support in in larger cities but where the new music crowd tends to be hanging out a bit less well in in along those lines let me ask i I know that that so far has a a no headline rule which is one reason why you don't announce bands in advance Uh, people have to sign up first um have it first of all do you do that in every city and secondly do you always focus on new music or do you have kind of say mid-list or even uh, highly successful bands pop in every now and then so first question it is all about equality in music and part of the reason we don't announce it aside from i think that uh, we think that every type of music is you know and every musician is equal just because someone has more hits or more likes doesn't really just make a difference, but also because we believe in diversity in music. And so on our nights, you could go and hear a beatboxer, a a quartet, spoken word, indie folk, whatever, as long as it sort of fits into that environment. And so it's another reason it's hard to say that, you know, a cellist is headlining over a rapper. So, so for us, it is all equal for, for that reason. Well, if, if you like uh, cellists, you ought to check out the band Owl, O-W-L, because okay. they've got a cellist in there with, uh, who does some pretty good alt rock. Uh, oh, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to uh, play a little bit of uh, the music that I've heard at so far, and, and this is one by um, uh, Dope Paro, um, which uh, I heard at the so far. <laughs> Tschüss. 
That was uh, that was walking back, uh, which uh, by uh, Do Paro, and uh, I first heard her uh, at a uh, so far uh, L.A. concert, and I actually booked her on my radio show. So I discover new new talent for Music Friday uh, at uh, so far. Now Do is going on to great things. I understand that she and she's not the only one. So far has been beneficial to quite a few successful artists. You just talked about one uh, from uh, Istanbul. Can you name a couple of artists who sort of got launched it so far? Absolutely. So to continue to answer your marry this with your other question, we are very open to anyone coming. It happens to be our sweet spot is new music. But if somebody better known comes, A as you said, you know, they're not necessarily a headliner. But we're, but we're welcome them. We had Hosier come not long ago in Manchester and unannounced, and that was a surprise to those who, 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 who love his music. We had Karen O uh, from the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs play in New York, right. and that was quite cool. And those two didn't get their start, but a band called Bastille, Bastille from the UK, sure. very, very much got their start. It was really early on. And uh, I remember talking to them, and they were terrified. They had never played an acoustic show. They had never done a sing-along, which we, we encourage. In, in a house concert, it's quite special to have a, you know, everybody get a, engaged. And so uh, we kind of talked about them having, having the audience sing along to their song Pompeii, which, which, which went on to become the, the, the most successfully streamed uh, song in the history of the U.K., so those are wow. some examples. Yeah, so so they That's definitely got their start. Mm. That's quite a record. Uh, we're we're talking with Rafe Offer. He's the founder of uh, So Far Sounds. You can talk with him too. You can call us at three four seven two one five seventy five eleven. And the person who just called, you can try again. Sorry about that. We we dropped your call. Or you can email us. We're starting to get a lot of emails in. People emailing to musicfridaylive at gmail dot com. So why don't we do, go to some of the emails? Um, Roscoe in Los Angeles says, I have a very small house but a big backyard in El Sereno. Is this okay? And I so we, I guess the answer is maybe uh, because there's some, we record everything and it's a little harder to compete with outdoor noises. So it really depends where, where you live in L.A., and if it's not too loud in terms of things from the outside disturbing with it. So I would say get in touch. I can give you an email for who to get in touch with, and they'll go check out your place and, 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 and have a chat about that. I'm going to uh, play a little more Thank music you. here by somebody who uh, somebody else who just uh, uh, who I found on so far. Um, this is uh, All or Nothing by We Are Twin. That, uh, that was We Are Twin, uh, which I met at a So Far uh, concert, and they're moving up. And, and I've actually uh, formed a, uh, a friendship with them, uh, so that I've sort of gotten into the, the So Far community uh, that way. But I played that song because it illustrates something. When I saw them at a So Far concert, it was just the two leads, Nicholas and Gabby, not the full band. And later I saw them at a bigger venue with the full band. But the So Far concert showcased them so well that the band wasn't needed, at least not for me, to, to book them. Do you have a policy about full bands, or do you leave it to the local folks? 
we, we definitely leave it to the local folks. And maybe even more importantly, we leave it to the musician. We, I, I was in New York a week ago, and we had a hip-hop brass band, eight people, two of them rapping and the other playing on saxes and trumpets and all that, and it worked fine. So you can wow. do it in – yeah, it was amazing. So you can mushroom it up or down. It's really up to what the musician wants to, to do. But I feel that the living room or a, or a large living room can work with anything. Uh, we, we had uh, one band that normally was, was 15 people, but they did it as three, and it, it worked. So I think it's, what it comes down to is it's about the songs. So if the songs are really good, then they can work stripped back or blown up. I wonder, do, do you think you might be changing the music scene at all in the cities where so far concerts exist, that, that fans and venues now focus more on music because they've had that experience that you just described, or is that asking too much? Gosh, I, I certainly hope so. You know, it's hard for me to go to a quote-unquote normal gig now where I hear all that talking going on, which is so common. Uh, commonplace that especially where new music happens or you hear the clanging of the bar in the background so you know if there's a a moment where people are focused a bit more respecting it then that would be incredible Uh, it would be a lot to ask as you say but but that that from the very beginning was one of the things we were after and as you mentioned passionate dave you know our third member and the one musician of, of the founders he was the one who said look this is soul destroying to be up there singing something when someone's already paid for you, but then they're buried in their smartphone. I, I, I understand. I see that when I go when I go out to clubs, too. We have a ton of emails here from fans and artists, and they want to know, do people who play at SoFar get paid? Absolutely. So the way it works is we give everyone a choice. You can get a, a cut of what we take in, which for the most part is in passing a hat and in some places where we're busy, we're now doing a digital contribution. So you can take a cut or we take that money and give it to the video team. And the musician gets what I think is a high quality video that then we put on our global, our global platform, which hopefully will get them noticed by a few more people than might have uh, otherwise. So they get that, that option, that choice. And, and let me just say to uh, people who have not been to so far concerts that these they have I've been to, to concerts in which you've had two professional video teams doing a two camera shoot of the bands, and then what they finally produce after it comes through editing and, and sound cleaning and all of that is first class. So those Ooh. are very very valuable. Um, I've got some more email here. Virgil in New York City wants to know can it, how does a band get picked to be at a SoFar concert? So thanks for the question, Virgil. It's You go to the website. On the website, it should be easy to follow. If it isn't, uh, just email me. It's Rafe, R-A-F-E, at SoFarSounds.com. And that will come in to basically ask you what city you're, you or your friends are interested in playing in. It is a locally, it's a local decision. Every single community decides and there's usually between five and 10 people who are listening and they just decide if the music is right for what they're trying to put on in their city. So in New York city, there would be 10 people there led by Christine and Amanda, and they would just decide if it's right for, 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 for them. It's as simple as that. We don't care if you're popular. We don't care if you're signed, unsigned, doesn't matter. It's just, does it seem appropriate? And, and we have an email here from somebody on your side of the Atlantic. Uh, this is Velo in London, and Velo wants to know, how do you become a volunteer? Also pretty straightforward. There's a link on the website, and same thing. Uh, there's a group uh, of people here, a lovely group, people who help out in different ways, most of it light touch or how you want to. And, again, if it's not clear to you, just from the site, just email me directly. Well, I, we, we have a lot of, of more emails here, and I have a lot more questions, but unfortunately, we are out of time. <laughs> I guess we must be having a, a good time because it went so fast. So I want to really thank you so much for giving up part of your 
Friday night in in London to uh, to talk with us. And next time you come into to Los Angeles, um, give me a call. I'll give you a tour. This is my hometown, and maybe it won't be so overwhelming for you. <laughs> Thank you very much, Patrick. Okay. Thank you so much. Now, once again, people can get involved at SoFarSounds.com. There's a drop-down box, find your city, and get involved with Sounds from a Room. You'll be really glad you did. We have to take a break right now, and when we return, the hottest new band on the L.A. scene today, Ghostlit Kingdom. Don't go away. You're not going to want to miss this one. Cameo Entertainment Group and Cyber Station USA are now part of Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. With Stitcher, you can listen to live programming as well as archive radio programming right on your phone. To obtain Stitcher, just go to the App Store for your particular phone. Go to search, then type in Stitcher. That's Stitcher. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. Then download. It's that simple. Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. Convenient access to live and archive Cyber Station USA programming on your mobile phone. That's Stitcher. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. Cyber Station USA. Always on the go. And we're back. This is Patrick O'Heffernan, your host here at Music Friday Live. And uh, don't forget, we would like to hear from you. You can call us, 347-215-7511, or you can email us at musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Well, we do have one of the hottest new bands in uh, Los Angeles coming up. But before that, I want to tell you about our great sponsor, Solar Power is a huge win-win for homeowners. But a lot of people are reluctant to take the plunge into solar because of the upfront cost. Well, our sponsor, Solar City, can take, can take you into solar for zero upfront costs on approved credit. That's right. Solar City will come out and they'll install a solar system on your home for free. You only pay for the power you use, just like you do from the utility company, but you got a lower bill because the sun's making part of your energy. Solar City pays for the system. It insures the system. It maintains the system. All you have to do is enjoy the savings. So if you've been ready for solar, but solar hasn't quite been ready for you, it is now at Solar City, America's number one clean energy provider. Now, how do you find out about this? Well, I'm going to give you a phone number. You knew that. So you've got your pen and your pencil and your paper ready. That phone number is 909 909- 618-6937. That's 909-618-6937. Tell them I sent you. Tell them Music Friday Live sent you. Tell them Patrick sent you. You will get a discount on your first order. Now, your only order because you only need one system. 909-618-6937. Well, Ghostlit Kingdom's debut EP, I Was Born, leads with the song You Don't Know Me. Well, if you don't know this band, you're going to know them pretty soon. They've been together for less than a year, and they have stormed through the huge L.A. music scene with gigs at the cream of the city's venues. They've been at the Troubadour and the Viper Room and the Mint and the Hotel Cafe and many others, and they have done it with kind of an out-of-the-blue style of pop, jazz, folk, hip-hop, anthem, rock, with kind of haunting, arena-filling harmonies and bone-chilling lyrics and solid rock chops. Now, believe me, this band is going places. But they took a break to talk with us today. So, welcome. And this is Taylor, right? This is, yeah. Thank you okay, for having me. Um, this is, uh, uh, welcome, Taylor, to Music Friday Live. Thank you. Well, Taylor... Before we start talking, um, I'd like to give our listeners just a little taste of, uh, of of what the excitement is all about. So I'm going to play a little bit of I Was Born so they can hear for themselves of what you all do. So this is okay. I Was Born. Okay, sounds good. Born beneath myself, my soul, it hung above the bed and called to me. Brother, meet me here, the air is safe to breathe.
that is one of the most powerful music openings I have ever heard for a rock song. Uh, and I, now, I know you and Ella frequently write together, but I also know that you studied poetry at Cal State Long Beach. Was that your poetic vision? Is that what I hear there in those lyrics? Uh, yeah, I think that when when I originally started doing the poetry stuff, it, it was pretty uh, pretty clear that modern day poets now kind of do it through song. Uh, a lot of mm-hmm. those a lot of those bands that we're really fond of, Bon Iver and Daughter, bands like that are uh, are pretty prominently lyric based groups. And you know, when in other times when maybe song wasn't as popular and poems were. They may have gone that route, but nowadays they put it into the music, and it kind of, kind of complements the music with this, you know, incredible depth in their lyricism. So that's uh, that's the beginning of that for sure. Thank you for making that point. I've been saying all along that poetry is alive and well, and it and it has notes attached to it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, all of your all of your songs are are cinematic and and they're physical. They're often about body parts or bodies, and they talk mm-hmm. about your coming of age, the band's coming of age, which is, you know, is not surprising for a band that's been together for less than a year. But your music is also very self-aware and self-confident. It's fearless. Like, like you deeply understand what you're doing. Now, how do you pull those two extremes off, being coming of age and really understanding of yourself? Well, the coming of age was just kind of our uh, introduction, I think, to the music scene as a band. The uh, The musicality of it, was always going to be a little more intricate just because of the background of all of us as musicians. Ella and our drummer, Jason, uh, both went to Musicians Institute. Jason actually still goes there. Our guitar player, Mike, is a classically trained guitarist. He studied at this um, university back east, and they did like uh, little quartet tours through Spain and that sort of thing. Um, Andrew and I are also classically trained and educated, so the musicality of it was always going to be intricate one way or another. The uh, the coming of age thing is just kind of the theme for this record, and um, that's that's interesting. You picked up on all the all the physical references to that. That was a uh, kind of a part of, like you said, here is here is us as a whole, as an entity, and uh, and the lyrics were meant to kind of portray that all in one fell swoop. Well, of course, when you have songs like Our Bodies and Belly, it, you know, you kind of think about yeah. that, all right? <laughs> now, 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 you and Ella uh, met, I think, when she was about 17. Um, I think Jamba Juice had something to do with it. And yeah. uh, then she she moved uh, over to several different cities, Santa Barbara, San Francisco, Monterey, uh, before she finally decided that her musical family background in Turkey was not enough. She needed some formal training and went to music school in Hollywood. What were you right. doing during that time, and how did you or the two of you make sure that, that your talent stayed together and ended up working together? We uh, we had this other band before Ghost Lake Kingdom that was just kind of the two of us, and we would play a lot of acoustic shows, that sort of thing, um, some stuff with cello, but it never really took off because we didn't allocate the, appro- the, uh, the appropriate time to it, that sort of thing, you know, all the efforts. But um, during that time, I was doing a lot of studio session work, um, playing guitar, and a lot of songwriting for some companies out in Hollywood. So it just kind of was music, but not entirely focused on one single form the way we are pushing it right now. Well, along the way, you you realized that these fabulous harmonies that you have needed a band. Um, When did that happen? Is that sort of spontaneous? You both understood it, or did one of you come up with that idea? We last, actually, almost a year ago now, we um, we kind of sat down and had this conversation about if we're going to do it, we might as well do it 100%, and uh, let's start looking for people to get on board. So Mike was actually the first one to come on board, and he came from Craigslist, believe it or not, the, uh, the one success story where somebody doesn't get murdered from Craigslist. But um, he came on, and a uh, phenomenal guitar player, and he also sings very well. So that was a big that was a big part of it. And then Jason and Ella met at Musicians Institute, and he was really interested. He came and saw us play once, actually, with a with a different drummer, a friend of ours, and uh, he jumped on. And then Andrew, uh, the bass player, he has this studio up in North Hollywood that we're actually recording our brand-new EP at uh, called The Block of Joy. And the, the block was uh, looking into producing the new record, and we were talking, and it just kind of came out that we were looking for a bass player. And Andrew was like, well, I 
play bass. I'll play bass on the record and play bass in the band for a little bit. And um, and it all just kind of all just kind of clicked into place really nicely. Well, I, I've heard a rumor that after all this, all that went on that you just described, that somehow most of you wound up living in an apartment together. Is that true? <laughs> that is true. We uh, I am here right now in the apartment actually, and uh, yeah, we all all four of us except for Andrew because he he lives up north, um, right out in front of the studio that they have there. So he wasn't about to leave that that location. But yeah, the re- the rest of us all live in the apartment down here in Torrance. Yeah. Uh, I hope he doesn't live literally in front of the studio on the sidewalk or something like that. No. <laughs> Pretty close, but, but uh, yeah. not quite. Well, it, it sounds like that, you know, if the music doesn't doesn't work well for you, you you've got a reality television show there. Right. That's uh, Andrew always oh, makes oh. that joke about about uh which friends characters we are just cuz it's becoming so so enraptured all together here in the same roof. Well, I hope you're videotaping it. Um, now, I have a um, another piece I want to play, speaking of knowing yourself, and this is the title song that just tells us flat out that uh, we don't know you. I know that's a, a song about self-reflection of, of a personal journey and that, that it's kind of particular to, to you and Ella. But I wonder, um, is the subtext there that we, the public, don't know you, but we soon will, that, that this is, you're also saying, we're going to succeed? Uh, it was never written like that, but as, uh, as the, the EP kind of shaped itself, and um, you know, we, we came with the title I Was Born, being that the band is now coming to fruition, that lead song was kind of the anthem for that message, that everything was going to go forward. But yeah, originally it, it was, like you said, very self-reflective, and um, it's not so much a relationship song between person and person as it is a relationship song between person and themselves, and, um, and you know, inner, inner desires and workings and thoughts uh, clashing against you know what societal influence might hold well uh, ella has said that that you have a huge library and that you carefully chose the songs for you don't know me and and they're all killer and no filler i believe that is your rule so <laughs> what's next uh, are you going to mine that library for your next release or is the rule also everything has to be new uh the library kind of compiles upon itself so this uh, this this new record that we're recording, we actually finished recording it, and that's being mixed right now. Came from like pieces of our favorite older tunes, and then pieces of our favorite new things, and we kind of put them all together in one little area and stirred it up into something that we really feel confident about. Um, but as far as drawing from things in the past, it's uh, it's kind of just when you when you outgrow something and then uh there are pieces of it that you're still nostalgic about it still that still that really kind of stick with you we take those pieces and try to move them into something a little more uh present day we're talking with uh Taylor Morrow he's uh the, one of the founders of uh GLK Ghostlit Kingdom and you can talk with him you can call in at 3472157511 or you can email us at musicfridaylive at gmail.com and we have some emails here for you Taylor uh Sycamore in uh, New York City wants to know are you going to do an East Coast tour I'd love to see you here maybe at Joe's Pub Joe's Pub huh we uh Mike is actually from Buffalo, New York, so we are planning to get out there either next summer or next winter. Um, we just need to save up monies, and then we will be there. Well, you could run another Kickstarter campaign. The first one worked pretty well. 
<laughs> it did, yeah. I feel like uh, people are more inclined to fund the record than to fund our uh, our selfishness in wanting to tour the East Coast. But we might. Well, it, we'll see. If if you do uh, if you do decide to to go to to Buffalo do it in the summer I've been there in the winter. It's no good. Too much snow. No, it's no good. Okay, Raul <laughs> in Los Angeles. Raul in Los Angeles wants to know when you do the harmonies, do you record them live or do you do separate tracks and then add them together? Ooh, studio engineering question, huh? We uh, we actually blend with both. We uh, we will record them one at a time and uh, use those as kind of lead lines. And then we will all stand around the mic together, uh, barbershop style and record it as a group and kind of blend the two to make a real full, um, voice sound. And, um, Brian in Los Angeles wants to know, um, what uh, instruments do you play? Um, I play the guitar, the bass, the piano, the drums, and uh, I, I sing in the band as well. But um, on stage, just the guitar. Just, just the guitar, okay. Well, speaking of that, um, we're going to play a little bit more of your music. Cause, you know, we were talking earlier about bodies and body parts, and uh, here is one of those great songs. Uh, there's some lines in that song that that caught my ear. Uh, we make our bodies so cold. We so much more together than alone. That, that I mean, those lines are powerful enough. But the way that Ella presents them, kind of lower key, no no big arena in there, but with pop hooks um, that are dangerous but safe enough for radio. That's quite an <laughs> achievement, right? How did you navigate all of that as you put that song together? The the juxtaposition between the verses and the chorus of that song were supposed to be the juxtaposition of um, the societal effect on somebody's psyche. You know, you get you get really into superficiality and things that really, in the long scheme of things, don't actually matter. And then the chorus is supposed to be this rebellion against that, latching onto a single person who can kind of propel you through those things to a point where you don't feel like those things actually need to happen, need to matter anymore. So we wanted to juxtapose the thoughts by also juxtaposing the tone of the music. And uh, wow. her, her vocal ability, obviously, is unparalleled to the point where you can do any, anything like that, and, uh, and it'll smooth out. Wow. The, uh, I, I very seldom interview an artist who has that kind of a philosophical construct for a song. And I, I appreciate it very much. Right? Now, speaking of philosophical constructs, your name comes from the concept that um, you are the ghosts that are lighting up the music kingdom. Uh, does the music kingdom need lighting up, and where does the light come from? The kingdom is meant to be the music itself, actually. Not necessarily the music kingdom, but just music, our music. And um, and the ghost aspect of it is uh, is that intangible part of each one of us in the band that creates and fuels the the, uh, the music. So so we we operate under the assumption that you know these pieces of us that are not necessarily our physical forms are illuminating, lighting the the music itself. And so we uh, we kind of just operate inside of that headspace when we are in the band with the band, writing, performing that whole thing. So it separates you know day to day civilian life, if you will. From uh, from what the band is actually doing, did, did did you all take some time to work that out? We uh, we had maybe fifty five band names on a page at one point, <laughs> and uh, that was 
that was as close as we ever came to like physically fighting each other. There were, uh, they came down to five or six candidates from the, from the 55 or so. And, uh, it, it got pretty heated. I mean, obviously the big name is the forefront of everything that everyone will see. So it has to mean something and really, uh, really be something that everybody loves. So, uh, it took a while, definitely a lot of effort to get that one down. And you still wound up living together afterwards. Well, congratulations! Indeed, on yeah, that. we made it out. <laughs> right. Now, you, you, your your writing feels really spiritual, and, and as we've just noticed, very philosophical. Um, you address big topics, and you also address very personal topics with very deep language. Now, Ella has said that there are no religious influences in your music, but what about spiritual? You, your music often seems like it comes from kind of a meditative place. Are there strains of spirituality there? Yeah, definitely. I think that music in itself is a very spiritual, insightful thing. We've uh, I've been I've been reading a lot of Hemingway recently and uh, getting on a big kick with his stuff. And it's it, I feel like I would like for it to be kind of the same the same way where when he writes, it is so clearly him that he's writing about, but it's never uh, autobiographical in any sense. The characters are a piece of him, and uh, and they are reflected in that way like our music is a piece of us and reflected in that way. So there is a great deal of spirituality involved in it, whether it be religious or not. I think it's hard to even avoid that. It, it sounds to me like uh, I should, uh, I don't know, did you listen to the the earlier interview before you with, with Rafe uh, Offer? I did, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I've like really cool been to one of their, and they're doing it in L.A., uh, big time. Yeah. Uh, I went to one of their concerts in a bookstore, and it seems no to me like, Yes, the bookstore in Silver Lake, and I think that uh, you would be perfect, right, for so far, uh, L.A., and, and particularly in a bookstore, because, um, I, I, like I say, this, you've got such a great philosophical, literate construct for everything you do. Uh, it's, it's very refreshing, and I think that the audience there would love it. Well, speaking yeah, of the fun. audience, yeah, I, well, I'm going to let them know about you, and we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Um, all right. All right. Well, speaking of fun, um, yeah, you know, one of the fun things uh, in the body is the belly, and you have a song about that. So let's, let's listen to a, a little bit of this song. song. I would recognize that song as from Ghost Lit Kingdom anywhere. Which leads me to ask, how do you describe your signature? Why is it that, that we can spot one of your songs from the first bar or two, even when it's not the trademark harmony and room-filling sound? How, what is your signature? Uh, I think the lyricism is a big part of it. and We try always to, to not include what we call silly lyrics, uh, things that are just you know, borderline cheesy. So uh, we'd like to think that that's a, that's a big trademark of ours. But I think a lot of it comes down to emotional investment in the music. We we always try, especially live shows, to put a, to put as much emotion as we can in. And I think I'd like to think that shows that comes through. It, it obviously it does. And and like I say, it at least for me, and maybe it's just because I've been listening to so much of your music that um, I can spot one of your songs as soon as I hear it. You know, I hear the first couple of bars, say, oh, okay, I know who did that. And uh, that's that. I think is well. That's an important thing in moving ahead. Indeed. And I just want to give yeah. uh, uh, our, our audience um, a little comparison now. You that you you've just heard a ballad 
by GLK. Now, I want to I replay for you the first song that we play. I want to play just a little bit of I Was Born. I was born beneath myself, my soul. It hung above the bed and called to me. Brother, meet me here. The air is safe to breathe. Now, as you can see, that, that those are musically very different, but the, the conceptual content within them is equally powerful. And, and like you said, maybe that's, that's your signature. There's this, con, there's this powerful conceptual concept in there. I don't know. I'm putting words in your mouth. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. They're good words. Uh, but, and do you, think, do you trace that back at all to your poetry uh, um, education? Uh, I think so. I mean, it would be hard to avoid all of that, all of that homework, you know, hard to avoid letting that in. But um, it comes a lot from other bands, too. I think, like, uh, I remember hearing that first Mumford & Sons record that they came out with, and uh, he's got probably 15 or 20 lines in the songs on that record that are just straight from Shakespeare, like copy-paste. So mm-hmm. that was always, always really cool. You know, you can you can obviously work the poetic aspects of the lyrics into songs that are, I mean, that record is a pop record, whether you want to call it pop or not. Um, it is. But they yeah. fused it with things like that. It was awesome. Who's, who's your audience? Our audience. That uh, That is definitely something we're still trying to figure out in terms of the grand scheme of things. But um, I think generally the people that really connect and enjoy with the music are people who really appreciate the uh, the lyricism and, and bands like Daughter and Bunny Bear and Mumford who, who put a lot of effort into that, but um, also people that like the engaging performance. I think we get more solid feedback from the live performances than anything else, so that's always been fun. Well, we're almost out of time, but uh, we, we do have an interesting technical question that has come in, a studio engineering question that I just can't pass on. Uh, and this is from Pumpkin in Tampa. And Pumpkin says, you mentioned singing into the same microphone, and sometimes I see people doing duets into two separate microphones. Is there a difference? Um, I guess with the two separate microphones, you can isolate the voices individually. So if you need to affect them or edit them or whatever, with the one microphone, you put it in Omni and all stand around it. It creates this kind of spherical influence of the vocals. And uh, that's kind of a all-or-nothing approach because if somebody messes up or, you know, there's there's imperfections in it, that has to get printed onto the final copy because you can't affect or edit the voices individually. I suppose that's the difference. Well, well, thank thank you, uh, Pumpkin, for asking the question. Thank you for answering it. We are out of time now, and I want to say thank you for, for taking the time uh, to, to talk with us today. This has been wonderful. Of course. Thank you for having me. Taylor Morrow, one of the members of the band Ghostlit Kingdom. You can check them out at ghostlitkingdom.com. Uh, Taylor, do you have any gigs coming up that we should know about? We uh, we are at Sandrini's in Bakersfield next Friday, the Milk Bar in San Francisco next Saturday, and uh, our first headlining show at the Viper Room on November 14th. So we're really Yay. excited for those ones. Yay. Okay. Well, I'm going to see if I yeah. can make the Viper Room show. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, everybody can go to ghostlitkingdom.com. Is that where they find out uh, about your music that and your is. schedule? Okay. Mm-hmm. Ghostlitkingdom.com. All, all right. You can also find them on Facebook and SoundCloud and Bandcamp, and you can buy their music on uh, iTunes, Ghostlit Kingdom. Thank you so much for, uh, for, for being with us today. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. You've been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan from uh, – CyberStationUSA.com network, the BlogTalkRadio.com network, and our radio affiliates. If you like our Facebook page and you follow our Twitter feeds, you'll get real-time updates on our guests. And I want to make sure that you all know that our producer is Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Bartlebin. Our intern is Angelique Serrano. You can download this and other Music Friday programs at blogtalkradio.com. You can also get us as a podcast on iTunes, so you can look for us there, too. 
be here next Friday. Next Friday, our guests are going to be Militia Vox. You know Militia Vox. She's been on the show before, the black queen of heavy metal, the founder of the Judith Priestess, and she's got a new record out. And we're also going to be talking with Rashmi, and she's got a new record out called Puzzle. So this is going to be quite a show next week. You're not going to want to miss it. Check our Twitter stream and our Facebook page, and we will update you on our guests. And right now, what I want to say is have a great musical weekend, and we're going to leave you with a little bit of GLK. I was born beneath myself, my soul. It hung above the bed and called to me. Brother, meet me here. The air is safe to breathe. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.